0: So we're continuing today Yemirtz Hashem with the uh, Tishrei, um, the second part of Tishrei with the Rebbe, which is um, from preparing for Yem Kippur, Yem Kippur, Chagas Sukes, the um, Nagir to preparation for Yem Kippur One of the unionim that the Rebbe customarily did every year was Erevim kiper, the distribution of lekach. The Rebbe would distribute uh, lekach, which is uh, honey cake, in in a physical way, and um, would wish each one a good and sweet year. The Rebbe would, of course, make eye contact with everyone that came by. (coughs) There were times that the Rebbe briefly um, had a a short conversation with um, certain people or people that picked up for others, for different dignitaries. And that uh, continued Meshach of all the years. From the beginning, early 50s, up till late 1991, which was the last lekach that the Rebbe distributed um, as a Rabbin Keeper. After Tovshin Lamed Ches, that the Rebbe uh, had then the uh, health condition, which was the heart attack in late 77, so a few things changed since then. One, the Rebbe began distributing lekach earlier than erevim Yim Kippur. He began in the middle of HaSeresh Yimei Tshuva, for example, vov Tishrei, and therefore this allowed um, people to be able to choose what day is, will work for them, and uh, that's how the line continued every day. And the day of Erevim Kipper was left for those that are coming from out of town. And they couldn't make it earlier, so Erevim Kipper was uh, the day for, uh, destined for them to um, pick up Lekach. The Indian of Lekach that Rebbe explained is from the word Kelekach Tev Nosati Lochem. This goes on Teda. The tate is also considered a purchase. The Rebbe also once mentioned that the union of Lekach is to evaluate everyone's potential. And the Lekach actually is an additional blessing, which, as the Rebbe verbally would wish each one, a good and sweet year, as mentioned. There were interesting, different little stories happening while the Rebbe was distributing lekach. And when the Rebbe was distributing lekach, it was at one point somebody came over to the Rebbe with a napkin in his hand um, that the Rebbe should place the lekach in the napkin. In other words, either he was taking it for someone else or even for himself, but he felt that to go into a napkin, whatever reason, sometimes he could also be, he didn't want his hands to get sticky, whatever it is. In general, the Rebbe would look up to see who's who's standing there, who's waiting for lekach, and then the Rebbe would choose a piece of lekach. So when it came to this person with the napkin, the Rebbe said, first it is taken without garments so It directly into the hand and then you can wrap it if you want um, in a napkin or whatever there is another story that the Rebbe told someone usually Chesidim would not say anything they would just extend their hand So the Rebbe said, Men beten. You have to ask. So the Chassid said, I'm asking. So the Rebbe gave him. So basically, it, there were different things to different people. It wasn't just a coincidence that the Rebbe decided to drop a comment to one or two. But basically, it pertained to that person's livelihood, panosa, or other in yonim in life uh, for that year. In fact, the story about the asking, I once visited that family many years later after the person was Nifter. This is not already about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I told them the story. And they said, it's interesting because, in those years, their father had difficulty with Parnassah. And therefore, the rabbi says, Med because the whole union of lekach is to ask in order, to ask from a human being, in order that we should spare ourselves from needing to from having the need to ask a whole year and we should be able to get it directly from Hashem Mincha time Erev Yom Kippur the Rebbe would come into Mincha 315 the Rebbe would have a package of coins, a package of coins that the Rebbe had in his hand and on the tables in Shul as the Rebbe entered downstairs there were plates of different charities a veld, mamish, full one on top of the other and the Rebbe would just drop in whatever came to his hand and what was in his hand the Rebbe would drop in into the different plates just pour over and this is how the Rebbe continued distributing the few tables that were set up with uh, pushkes or with plates. Then the Rebbe would reach his place and would daven mincha. Sometimes he would daven mincha with a minion. Sometimes he it, it didn't really daven that time, but he daven a different time. They're Daven privately. After Mincha, in the earlier years, the Rebbe did not stand on a platform, even Yomim Neroyim, even the Yim Kippah, and therefore there was a table set up with a staircase, and the Rebbe would walk up onto the table, and he would give the bracha for Klal Roll, close his eyes, and for a few minutes the Rebbe would give brachas for the whole Jewish nation. Took a few minutes, during which the bracha also included um, an inspiration with tshuva Ilah, which means an inspiration of the highest level of Chuva. The Rebbe would sometimes connect it if it would be Shabbos. The um, union of Shabbos means that it's removed from all kinds of mazikin uh, things that can damage, because Shabbos is a peaceful time. So these were basically in Yonim that the Rebbe added, included in this bracha. As the years moved on this bracha developed into a sicha. Not just three minutes or five minutes uh, a bracha but basically it was a bracha that sicha that that um, continued for about a half hour or more. In fact, Tavshin and Beis, the last uh, year, before Chavzayin Lader, it was a sicha for about 45 minutes, if not more. The Elam ran home to eat for Etonis, and then they returned for Kol Nidre, for Yom Kippur. The Rebbe would go home, and he would eat the sudder before Yom Kippur, then he would return to 770. He would put on his, his, his kitku and his talus and he would then bless, bench the Bukharim of the Shiva 770. The bocharim of 770, the Rebbe once said that they are basically the children you are the Rebbe's children referring to the Friedrich Rebbe's children so the Rebbe benches them as it's customary that a father benches the children before Yim Kippur the Nusach of the Bracha would begin with Yivarechecha Yoyer Yiso And then the rabbi would continue giving brachas to the bacharim. Discussing their purpose, their mission, as bacharim should be lamplighters and so on. Originally the bracha was in the rabbi's room. As this, the number of students grew, they changed to a room outside, to the hallway outside of the Rebbe's room. Later in the hallway, then eventually in the early 70s, it moved to Rizal, the Zal, sh- the shul upstairs. The shul upstairs itself, they would take out the windows from one room to another. They also took out the windows to the yard and this enabled hundreds of Bacharim, literally full, packed, that would be able to see the Rebbe uh, giving the bracha. The Rebbe would cover his face with a tallis, and the Rebbe would give bracha, as mentioned. This was minutes before shkia, before sunset. So the shul downstairs was filling up. People were coming already for, for Yom Kippur. And upstairs, the Rebbe was Mamesh minutes away from going downstairs, giving the bracha, and then entering his room, taking his machzer and him, what the Rebbe took with him. And then the Rebbe went into shul. At that time, while the Rebbe was talking, there was someone typing as much as he can grab before sunset. And immediately, with a piece of scotch, they've just posted it on the wall. That Chesidim should be able to see what was the bracha that the Rebbe gave for uh, Yom Kippur for the Bacharim. It's called Birchas Sabbanim. In later years, it became doubtful if the Rebbe is going to be able to speak on a microphone because the Rebbe would customarily bench Licht after the Rebbe was nifter. So these, the, uh, basically, the Rabbi gave the bracha up till tafshin on bays. Arab was the last bracha, Birches Abbanim. By Mairef, the Rebbe before Mairef was Kol Nidre. Kol Nidre. it's customary to open Doron Kedesh, and three people as a Besan receive Sefer The Rebbe would walk over to Doron Kedesh. The Rebbe would receive his his Terah The Chazm would hold the Sevatera, and I think the Rashak, the Rebbe's brother in law, would hold the Sevatera. This is basically a Bezdin annulling all the Nidorim. That's the concept of Kol Nidre. After that, Sevateras would be returned to the Yoran Kadesh, and the Rebbe would walk back to his place, and Mayriv would begin. After Mairev, the Rebbe would remain in his place say, saying till him. Um, after Mairev, the whole till him. The next morning was relatively a quiet morning. A quiet morning, I mean to say, in, uh, in regards to 770. Because usually 770, there's a... Um, Pushing, other inyanim going on But there was no reason for pushing Till mincha time Because the Rebbe did not get maftir Till mincha, maftir yeinah In the morning Rabbi Chadekhov received maftir The Rebbe did not want to um, Use the privilege of receiving maftir Twice in the same day So the Rebbe would receive Maftir yeinah Which is a very special, uh, honorable maftir and that would be Mincha time. is musaf, Chazalim that we had in the past, about 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago, uh, were Chazalim that really davened the, the nusach, as we have some today, Terhei, Nusech that they use in Lubavitch, B'chulu. And it, the davening took time. Uh, we would finish davening about 4 o'clock. And then there would be a break. How long the break was, nobody had any idea. Because when the Rebbe went out, uh, which is customary to make a break, as the Rebbe writes in the Milhagim, between musaf and Mincha, the Rebbe would come back at any time, at any point. There were people that went home, for example, to rest, whatever. Sometimes they they came back, the Rebbe was already in the middle of Mincha today you Maftir. Today already everything is set up. They finish earlier, it's a longer break. They tell you when Mincha is gonna be. It's a whole different uh, um, story. But uh, then, this is how it was by the Rebbe. It's very auspicious. When the Rebbe came into Mincha, the Rebbe was wearing his hat. So he's wearing his hat, his talus and his kittel. The hat mm-hmm. was basically in order that he should be able to with the with in the ila. So first came Mincha. And before Mincha, the rabbi would put his hat into the shtender. There was a drawer in the shtender. And um, by Mincha, uh, after Yena, the rabbi cried very much. And then came Neila. right after that, Neila the Rebbe would encourage many times the niggun on Ramecha to sing it once and again and again to repeat it. The Rebbe had a watch on his and he would watch the time. It was one time the Chasam went very fast, it went quickly, so the Rebbe pointed out his secretary to tell the Chasam he should slow down because we're ahead of the time ahead of the schedule. By Nihila, after Avina Malkainu, which there were times the Rebbe cried very much. The whole soul was able to hear the Rebbe crying. He was under the talus and it was made of the uh, comes the Shema Yisrael, the Baruch Sheym, Hashem Mualikim, then comes the Kaddish, then comes the Napoleon's march, in the middle of the Kaddish. By Napoleon's march, the Rebbe would uh, encourage the singing and then the Rebbe would turn around and he would go up on his chair. This is the only time of the year that the Rebbe would go up on the chair on a yearly basis and he would conduct the singing from the chair. There were times that the Rebbe would put the talus over his face, which was very obvious. As we saw later, that the Rebbe cried very much especially the war, the the year that the Yom Kippur, the war of Yom Kippur began uh, began on Yom Kippur, the war in Israel, um, as is referred to the 73 war. And the Rebbe cried very much. I remember the Rebbe sometimes would put the talus halfway down, halfway over his face, like halfway of his height. And uh, he would push it, uh, cry very much, but he would encourage the singing at the same time. After that they would announce, the Rebbe would hop off from the chair and they would announce, uh, they would blow the sheifer at and they would announce the Shana Ababa Yerushalayim. Then would be Mailev. After Mailev was Avdola. After Avdola the Rebbe would announce three times gut yomtev like Simchas um, and the Pashtus. The three times gut yomtev was announcing Guth Yom is because it becomes after, after Yom Kippur it's customary to say Guth yom, yom Kippur. One of the reasons is that in the time of the temple they would make a Yom when the King God left the, uh, peacefully and safely out of the Kedush HaKadoshim out of the Holy Holies that he came out alive and therefore they would make a Yom in for that If weather permitted, the Rebbe would do Kiddush Levana. There was one year that the Rebbe spoke a Sikha outside, right after Kiddush Levana, in regards to sukkah. it's customary to begin uh, working or discussing the matters of the sukkah, mitzohi Yom Kippur, to go in from Yom Kippur <coughs> into the mitzvah of sukkah. The next four days, as the Rebbe referred to it, Correspond to the four letters of Hashem's name, yud Vavke. The Yudke, the yud Vavke are basically the four letters between Yemkiper and Sukkesh. It is after a person has landed, a person has descended from the state of Yemkiper. So that is basically when a person already comes down into sort of word world. Frame framework of world. Memeila this is um, basically the four letters of Shemavaya that show a letter, letters that show structure, that show a, um, channels, as the channels are already coming down into world. The first day after Yom Kippur is called God's Name, Hashem's Name. And that's basically how it starts, the four letters of Shreem Havayen. and this is when you didn't prepare for Chagasukes. Going on to Chagasukes. Chagasukes is nine days Outside of Etz Israel, Chagasukes, including the last days, Yom are nine days. Shemina is the eighth, Simchasteit is the ninth. By the Rebbe, Hagasukis was a month, sort of event, eventful, um, a month for itself, sort of. If we sh- shouldn't even say a year for itself. There were many things happened by the Rebbe over Chagasukes. Speaking chronologically, in the early years, the Rebbe would give out his lulav, taladminim, in order that people should make a brocha on the Rebbe's lulav. Originally, the Rebbe would have 13 hadassim in his lulav. In later years, it became twenty-six and then 36, 36 Hadassim. And um, the rebbe would sit in his sukkah as people would walk by, people that were ba mitzvah and over, and the rebbe would be learning and would make eye contact with each one that came in the rabbi would tell each one I'm giving you the uh, in order that it should become yours because in order to do the mitzvah it has to be yours and uh, it is for the con- on the condition that you return it in Tavshin She'en late 61 approximately the rabbi asked for Rabbi Harlik, and the rabbi asked if he could stand instead and um, hand each person the the, the lula of the the minim and therefore this would spare the rebbe of sitting and through everybody passing. And um, then he would return it to the rebbe when they were up to the middle of davening, when the rebbe will need it for halo. So when the rebbe was sitting in the sukkah, he actually was like sitting and learning. But still, for the Rabbi this was uh, Pashat limiting him that uh, till the whole line passed. Rabbi Harlik willingly and, and uh, uh, very much in a very desirable way accepted it. And he would stand and wait till the line went through. This went through Tavshin Nun Beis. Late 1991, that was the last Sukkot before Havzai other The Rebbe would come into davening for, for all the tefillas. Yom tef, Always. All the years. The second day sukkahs, there would be a fabrengan. The fabrengan would take place in the big sukk in 770, where the yard is on the side of 770. Originally, in the earlier years, it would actually take place downstairs, because there was no roof. So one of the benefits they had... For downstairs, although a whole year it was cold, uh, it was just a canvas, they had sukkahs, they would have a sukkah. Once they fixed the roof, and made a roof for the shul downstairs, so then the sukkah was moved to the second side of the building, which is the big yard where we go to Tashlech. That was about 1960. The Rebbe would sit by Fabrengen facing Eastern Parkway with the back to where the Tashlech is today. And the Elam would be in front of the Rebbe. There would be tables, benches, people would be sitting on on benches. It was not easy to hear the Rebbe in the Sukkah for two reasons. One, it's not a regular ceiling, it's a schach. So the sound would just be absorbed in the schach and it, wasn't, it didn't bounce off like in a, in a house, in a regular room. Second thing is, it was smaller than the shul, so therefore the pushing was really intense. I remember one time, it was the late 60s, and the Rebbe said, we're already finishing, there's no need to push, we're already finishing the fabrengen. The Fabrengan would consist of a mimer, discourse, and Sichas. Not long. Every, I don't know, in time, I think two hours or a little more. Then the Rebbe would bench because the Rebbe watched for a Suda, it was before sunset. Then the Rebbe would have make Avdollah, and the Rebbe would distribute Keshal bracha. That took place in the Sukkah. if the second day sukkah happened to be on Friday and at a certain year the Rebbe stopped with Keshul Bracha Friday because it's a halachic problem it's a halachic issue because after benching without Kiddush they cannot drink the wine so the Rebbe stopped distributing Keshul Bracha at that point and instead the Rebbe would Fabring again an additional fabreng in Shabbos afternoon at four o'clock approximately when he would finish the fabrengan he would co- conclude that the Rebbe would distribute the keisho bracha of the earlier evening. This fabrengan would go on from year to year. It was in late in Lam Lamed, late 1969, which was the, marked the last time the Rebbe Fabreng with him in the sukkah. The reason technically was that there was someone that got hurt in the sukkah, a whole table collapsed on the person. The person ended up in crutches for months with, with uh, fractures in the feet and the Rebbe said he doesn't want to take a responsibility. The Fabringen, a place where, it, where it's a uh, it's dangerous. From then on, we never had a Fabringen again on the second day sukkahs in the sukkah. A year later, late 1970, we all assumed there won't be a Fabringen anymore on the second day sukkahs. But to everyone's surprise, the Rebbe said there will be a fabrengen in Shul, but a dry fabrengen, no drinking, no eating. It's outside of the sukkah. The Rebbe fabreng then said a mimer, edited the mimer, which was a big chidush. the Rebbe really edited mimer, discourses, spoke sichas and spoke about what's going on at the UN which they celebrated then 25 years <coughs> of their quote-unquote accomplishments we still need to know what they were and um, the Rebbe saw that this, will, this is going to be a problem for Israel because they were planning also to pass different resolutions or they are making different statements about Israel so the Rebbe then spoke the um, verse of Tilim which is actually this year's Kapitla of the Rebbe that all the nations uh, should praise Hashem why? <coughs> because the E-Bishter has strengthened his gener- generosity to us which is basically the, what the Rebbe is bringing out is that the Jewish nation the priority of the Jewish nation in the eyes of Hashem just to mention briefly, it was then Simchas that the Rebbe established his own UN the Rebbe chose Hasidim from different parts of the world and labeled them appointed them as delegates to this UN that the Rebbe established The Rebbe also made his own big four, the the big four countries United States, Russia, England, and France. So, this was a whole eventful Inya that took place in Tovshin Lamed Aleph, which is late 1970. Another Inya that took place by the Rebbe Sukkis was Chalamate Sukkis, Beis Hashi Eva. It is a customary and it is something that we derive from Allah Alamesha the Simcha Eva, the drawing of the water in the Beis Sam The Rebbe from late 1941 would fabring, this is ten years before the Rebbe accepted the Nsios, the leadership. He would fabreng with Students and not necessarily Lubavitch, students from other yeshivas, Lithuanian yeshivas. The Rebbe would speak in Yarmil learning, the Rebbe would speak in Hsidas, and the Rebbe would also actually um, state the fact that there's a need to study chsiddas. The Rebbe knew who he's dealing with and the Rebbe pressed it very much that there is definitely a need and necessity to learn to study This the Rebbe was saying also to yeshivas from other backgrounds, to students of the yeshivas. This fabreng continued to late, till Tafsin Chavdala, late 1963. That was the last year the Rebbe fabreng the next year, the Rebbe was an oval mourning period for his mother, and the Beis Eva Fabrengen fell off the calendar. The Rebbe did not Fabrengen anymore, Beis Eva Now, getting to uh, chronologically, over the years, They will do new developments in regards to the first day Sukkot. In Tovshin Lamed Gimel, that's late 1972, the Rebbe was then in his 70th year. The Rebbe started to fabreng every Erev Yomtev. The night before Erev Sukkot, the night before Erev Pesach, the Rebbe fabreng Yudal of Nisan, The night before Erev Shvues, the night before Erev Rishishonah. Rebbe Fabring every Erev, the Rebbe would say a discourse, a mimer, relating to that Yomtev, and Sichas, directives, different in Yonim and the uh, Yomtev that we were approaching. So, Sukkis was also included, as Chassidim saw that this was sort of a compensation for the Fabrengen of the second day Sukkis. It was still in the house, in 770, it was the night before Erev Sukkis, and it was already a mimer about sukkahs, siches about sukes. So this is what took place up till after the passing of the Rebetzin. That is when all the weekday Fabringen stopped. In Tavshin Memalev, late 1980, The Rebbe, after Mailev, surprised everybody, the first night Yom Tev, Sukis, and began speaking a Sikha. In the Sikha, the Rebbe was discussing the Ushpizin, the guests that come for Sukkis, uh, that are mentioned in the Zayar. And in addition to that, the Sidisha guests that also come then, beginning from the Bashem Tev through the Rebbe Rashab and as the Rebbe added later also the previous Rebbe so in total 14 guests that come every night Sukkis after the Sikha, the Rebbe spoke about Simcha the Rebbe connected it with the Shir Chitas of the day the Shir Chumash and so on and that was it the next night the Rebbe spoke again about the next Ushpizin the one that spoke the second night is Yitzchak Avinu, the second Ushpizin then Yankif and the Rebbe continued night after night Chzidim saw that it's not sufficient just to sit in the Sukkah and fabring, but there's a need to take the joy and simcha to the streets and a few people three, four people just started to dance on Kingston and Montgomery. It later developed into what we have today. For those of you that have seen what it looks like, um, every suk is based on She'eva on Kingston and Montgomery. So this was, <coughs> the birth of it was in late 1980. When the Rebbe found out about it, the Rebbe encouraged it very much. Mentioned it in the Sichas, with interesting expressions. One expression was, to see to it that also the street should dance along. Another occasion the Rabbi says, see to it that grab the policeman and dance with him also. The the Rabbi was, cherished it very much. And this simcha and project grew from year to year quantity, quality then to a point that they started to show videos of the Rebbe for a time for everybody that assembled you had from all circles you had you, chassidim, older Chassidim I mean middle aged Chassidim then you had students from different yeshivas Chassidisha and non-Chassidisha yeshivas They would come into the sukkahs, There were sukkahs that sponsored, called the as it's referred to, it was uh, donated by the Gurman family, that they would sponsor (coughs) the um, Al-Chayim and other things for the sukkahs. So people would come in to have a drink, to take uh, have a soup, and that was basically to energize them through the night. The dancing went till five in the morning, six in the morning. That is when the uh, working day started, so the police would clear the street and the barricades were left on the sidewalk for the next evening. This continues till the night before Hishaina Rabbah. That night, the dancing stops at 12 o'clock midnight because after that, we recite the whole tilim. So this is basically the schedule of the Beis HaSheva. The Rebbe was never there. The Rebbe probably saw pictures. Um, that is the most we know in regards to this union. Okay, now we go on to Shabbos Cholamet and actually also the. Um, first day Sukkot, this was in late 1973 when the war was burning in Israel, the war of Yom Kippur and the Rebbe then fabrengt and asked they should make fabrengt everywhere there should be joy, the Rebbe said expression the world should be filled with fabrengt. The Rebbe very much stressed joy especially that year in order to overcome enemies and in order to bring down a special blessing and a uh, light, positive light from above. It was Shabbos Chalomei that year, Tavshin Lamed that the Rebbe Fabreng, the Rebbe spoke about Damascus, in all the different levels of Torah. Pshat, Remez, Drushot. It was then that they were embarking Uh, um, uh, and the the war was on the front with Syria at that point. Actually, they both opened fire in the same time, Egypt and Syria. But the Rebbe focused on Syria. This all was what took place in the first days in Chalameid over the years. Now we go on to the last days Yom Tev. The last days Yom Tev, we could say it was a month for itself. It was a time that was higher than time. Although a person was aware of the clock, but not always. These 48 hours uplifted Chassidim The higher than time and space. The revelations that we saw by the Rebbe. In those two days. Was pushed out of this world. The schedule. How much we can say schedule. Was that the first night of Shemini Atzeres. This year it's going to be Sunday night. The Rebbe would come into Mairef. After Mairef there would be a break. People should be able to make Yiddish. Nine o'clock the Rebbe would come in to Atah The Rebbe would usually, the first Atah the Rebbe would be given honored with the whole Atah with all the different verses of Atah And the second and third, the Rebbe would receive the first and last Pasuk. After Atah after each one of them, of the three, the Rebbe would turn around to the Elam to the crowd, and he would start singing a nigun. Generally from year to year, it was the fiat the same nigunim, one was a faratza, another one was without words, and one was his father's nigun, some It would go very strong. The energy that the Rebbe put in to a nigun was beyond understanding, taking in consideration the Rebbe's age, and especially after Tothshin Lamet ches the Rebbe's health condition—it was l'mayl l'mataver, higher than nature. The Rebbe was Pasha literally jumping. Then came hakafas. The Rebbe would be honored with the first and last hakafah. This is traditionally passed on from the Alter Rebbe that the rabeim would go the first hakafah and the last hakafah. The reason they would go the last hakafah is. Because, <coughs> because the last one is connected with David it's the and the seventh one is David and the Rabbeim are descendants from King David the Rebbe would dance the HaKoffer with the Rashag his brother-in-law in other words the Rebbe would hold Say in one hand and would put his hand on the shoulder of his brother in law, and the Rebbe would dance in a circle. The Rebbe looked around at the crowd. What you were able to see were faces. Thousands of faces, just faces. People lined up li- uh, um, level over level and bench over bench, higher than the, the lower bench going up like a pyramid. Up to Mamish the women's shawl. It was like right by the windows of the women's shawl. Uh That's how high it went. The rabbi would look sometimes. With a special focus. On a certain group of people. And the rebbe would just stop. Holding I- his hand over the rashag. But he would, with his head. He would just motion to sing stronger. Encourage the singing. This would take a few minutes. After that, the rabbi would look at the Rashag to see if he's alright he would like hold him for a few seconds and then the Rebbe would leave the Rebbe would walk back to his place where he davened, which is his bima, his platform people would wish the Rebbe a good year that next year again that's customary to say to a person that's honored with a sefateira and the Rebbe would wish back i same to you there were very interesting in Yonim that happened on the way there was a story with someone passed away a few years ago he lived in Germany don't think he was Mamish Chabad and the Rebbe said to him you should see to it to make Berlin Lubavitch he was a businessman a communal person then the Rebbe came back from office. he meets him again the Rebbe says ten minutes have passed what did you do about it the next morning, this person wasn't afraid, he stood there, writer. the rabbi comes by again and the rabbi looks at him, the rabbi says, 12 hours have passed, what did you do? After Yom Tev, he went into Yechides and the rabbi gave him directives for different activities for his city, Berlin. The rabbi wanted the kids to kiss the Sefer Teira, Uh, The kids would usually be under the tables, which was the ches, considered like a ches, where the Rebbe would enter the HaKofer with the Minyan. There was a chazan. The Rebbe would usually give over the siddur to Rabbi uh, Label Bestritsky to hold while the Rebbe is dancing uh, with this (coughs) invitator. There was one year that the Rashag did not feel well, the Rebbe's brother-in-law, so the Rebbe asked the kids should come in under Bar And the rabbit just danced and the kids around him. The is the first night, finished about 10 30, 10 45. There was basically the, the. And the Elam went home, those that didn't have a chance to make Kiddush before, they went home to make Kiddush. Yom Tev, that night, it is customary only for Chassidisha, Shtiblach, to make hakafis. The Nusach Ashkenaz, other communities, they do not make coffee That night, they make coffee the second night. So there was no Talucha going out to uh, bring joy to other shoals because they don't make coffee that night. Ha-kafers. The next day, the Rebbe would come into shul. It would be Shemini They would add in davening the words, we're asking for rain. The next night was the big night. As they say it in the later English version, it's an all-nighter. There was a fabrengen after Mailev. Fabrengen was about 8.30. It was also with well, a break between Mailev and the Fabrengen. The Fabrengen was a warm-up for Hakafis that followed. And it was also in a sense giving time for those that are going to other communities that they should be able to return for Hak office was approximately 1 a.m. at HaResa the latest office I remember as a child the latest office was in Lubavitch, people would flock from everywhere, even from other communities, other neighborhoods to come to walk to 770 I remember that 770 street, the street, the black up to Kingston Avenue was packed uh, young couples uh, or, or singles, they pushed it, came there to, to continue the spirit of Simcha in Lubavitch because the other shuls finished and they closed up. The Rebbe Fabrengt, as mentioned before our coffee, the Rebbe would speak about the uh, concept of setting up time for learning. The Rebbe would speak about Yerushalayim, instilling oneself Yerushalayim. These were special, uh, this was a special fabrengen, The Rebbe generally did not deliver a discourse by this Vabrengen, it was a different style. And as mentioned, one o'clock in the morning, the Rebbe would come in to office. The second night Yom Tev, for people from Israel, it was already after Yom Tov. So the Israeli Council of Manhattan would come in with a bus from Manhattan, a group, uh, uh, a special uh, you know, bus for them, and they would be honored to stand on the Rebbe's bima, on the Rebbe's platform by Ator and the Rebbe would speak with each one separately there was like a box of cake each one was able to take uh, to make a bracha and the Rebbe spoke with each one separately one of them is the one who is a prime minister today Benjamin Netanyahu he says the Rebbe spoke with him a long time and although he didn't see how it relates to his position but he realized that the Rebbe walked him through the future at one point the Rebbe told him you're going into the UN which is a dark place so your mission is to hold a lit candle and to illuminate everything around you he actually mentioned this word in the UN itself coffers finished about 2.20, 2.30. We went home then to eat Sudas Yomtev. Because we came back from another neighborhood. We went to Fabrenge, Fabreng to coffers. So we never not chance to make kids, to actually make it till 2 2.30 in the morning we sat down to eat Sudas Yomtev. My wife once invited a journalist and she asked, what time are you eating? Two o'clock. She thought it was 2 p.m. not 2 a.m. So she came the next day. Probably we weren't home either. Barakoponim, um, this was the Seder in Lubavitch. Up till late 1963, when the Rebbe ate upstairs the Suda, the Rebbe would come down and he would teach a new Ninn. The Rebbe would teach a new song. and And this actually, over the years, are all part of the set of ten nigunim that the Rebbe taught chesidim 1963 was the last time the Rebbe taught two nigunim. One was Huah Kano, one was Kionu Amecha, and the Rebbe said, "We don't know what's going to be next year, so we're doing two this year." And actually, next year the Rebbe's was nifter, the Rebbe's mother, who we just commemorated our yard site of Tishrei. Uh, so the rabbi was not in any selling of teaching in Liga that year. After the rabbi stopped eating upstairs, the Suda, which was in late 1970, I mean actually Shmini uh, and yeah, due to the passing of the rabbis in the Khamedina, who was the hostess upstairs in the previous rabbi's apartment. So the Rebbe continued eating at home, talking about the Yom Sudas, that was basically when the Rebbe ate upstairs. Pesach, Shur, it's Rishishonah, Yom Kippur. So actually, the Rebbe would go home about 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock, and 10 o'clock the Rebbe would come in to shul, Shachris. Not everybody was able to make it because some people con- continue dancing till the wee hours of the night or the morning, mamish till early morning. Weren't so many people there. Remember, as a kid, I was able to count how many people were there. Of course, the crowd was smaller than now. Uh, it was a third of the shul in size and uh, way less than today. It's the guests, it's at the locals. It was uh, it was uh, completely out of range uh, the, uh, of what can I believe I know the crowd today? When the Rebbe came into shul, he was with his talis, wearing his talis, and the first thing he did, he turned around to the elam, started to sing his father's nigun. This was a tradition from year to year. The Rebbe came into shachris; people would push it, to run to shul to be there when the Rabbi walked in. The rabbi turned around, sing the Niggum, till Mamish encouraged the singing, till his kapot, uh, talus started to slip. Sometimes it was Mamish almost falling off. So the rabbi grabbed it, turned around, and we started Shachris. The Simchastere Davening was already a spirit of Lachayim even before they made Kiddush. It was a very Freiliche Davening. It was then Atar Reysa. There's Duchening, there's Atoresa, everything by Shachris. People make Kiddush there and then. Then there was the reading of the Taylor, then there was Musaf. Hesim Chastayra, davening by the Rebbe, was at least about four, four and a half hours. Aliyahs for everybody, the Atoresa took time, selling Atoresa, everything is time. The end of the day of Simchasteira, the Rebbe would fabric. the Rebbe would wash for a suda, Yomtev suda, which was basically challah and wine. That was the suda by the Rebbe. And the Rebbe would speak for about six hours. A mimer siches about the Yomtev and different things, directives, new directors for the coming months. It was one of the longest fabrengans the Fabringen of Simchastera, the Fabrengen of Achronsal Pesach, on the other hand, and of Pesach. So basically, there were six hour fabrengans After that, the Rebbe benched Av Mayri made and distributed Kesal Bracha for another three and a half hours. So in summation, at the end of the Yom Tev, which the Rebbe walked into shul, for example, six o'clock. The Rebbe left three in the morning. The next morning after This is after the Rebbe was singing and dancing for two days. mamish exhausted. Very exerting energy that the Rebbe put into it. I mean it was very obvious that this is higher than nature and this is how the Yom Tov finished on a high note, the Yom of Sukkot, concluding with Simcha's which was a simcha that generated simcha Bachidim for the whole year. The guests left very uplifted after they also went into Yechides, they had a private audience with the Rebbe, later it was a general audience uh, after Sukkot and Slowly but surely, after a week, all the guests already have left back to their destination. If it was Israel, France, or South America, or, their, or whatever destination, wherever they lived. So this is basically an overview of the Tishrei by the Rebbe.